0: Hello and welcome to the Sounds of Salisbury podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Ellen.
1: <laughs> Why is that funny? It's my name.
0: It's because I for- literally, I almost forgot my own name then. That's terrible. But anyway, I'm here to bring you the sounds of the Salisbury
1: music scene. And I'm here to bring you the voices of the community. We get on there in the end, people. <laughs> All good.
0: So, before we... Go into what is this podcast all about here's a couple of little snippets for you
2: we have as my my colleague teases me because i'd say we have a heart for the homeless
3: um so went traveling spent all my money then it was like right mum i need somewhere to live <laughs>
1: So we like to have a theme each week and sometimes the theme is born from a music event that's happening, sometimes it's born from a time of year something's happening or sometimes it's a community event and this week our theme is Alone.
0: It is and it's kind of happened because the two guests so to speak on the podcast when we were researching and trying to find people to talk to from a community aspect or a musical aspect just seemed to cross over so perfectly that it just worked for well the theme came to us because of both of those
1: yeah they almost linked together themselves organically and we were lucky enough to be involved and get them both on the podcast
0: we were the middle people weren't we
1: the middle people The middle
0: people And, yeah, as you'll you'll hear later on in the podcast, they're kind of getting along quite nicely, which is pretty good as well. Bringing people together. The Sounds of Salisbury podcast. I like it. This would be a bit dull if you weren't here and I had to do this alone, though.
1: I don't know. I think I work quite well alone sometimes. I could pre-record my bits, and then you could come in and say something funny. (laughs) And then I could just slot that in.
0: I thought you were going to say it and then you could just edit it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> First guest is uh, Rebecca from elaborate and I know many people have heard of Elaboray but do you know the extensive work that Elaborate actually achieve? So this is a very, it's, I think it's a powerful interview. I know both you and I Alex got a little bit emotional throughout the interview hearing the stories hearing about what they do and then finding out about how we can help so my first question was about how elaborate came about and here's what Rebecca had to say
2: so it started off with two Christian families and they received a phone call and there was a gentleman off the road who needed somewhere to come off the street And this family had two small children, and they were saying, Well, okay, I get we need to help this this gentleman, but aren't there others that that could help? And they said, Well, we've been to everybody else. They've all done their bit. We'd like to ask you to do yours. And they thought about it. Yes, despite having two small people, this family took them in. And um, he was with them for a number of years. That seemed to be okay. But shortly afterwards, they had a phone call from uh, a young. mum whose husband was going into prison and suddenly she was uh, homeless and there was nothing she could do about it so she reached out and they took her in and she had a small child with her and the phone kept ringing and they realised ah despite how beautiful Salisbury is there's an underlying problem here with homelessness. So they decided to set up the elaborate charity and raise their first amount of money which bought Barnabas' house, which we still have today. We've now been going just over 33 years, and we reckon if we look back on all the number of people we've helped, we have supported approximately 35,000 people in that time. And the charity has grown in that while it started with that one house and the hope and the change that it made to those people's lives, we now have more than 70 homes, and um, we support up to 2,000 people in a year. So right throughout throughout Wales, in Wiltshire, in Hampshire, so throughout the southwest, in the south. So we're now known as a national charity, but we have a local presence. And that's how people think of us, probably, as this little charity. But in fact, we're one in the top 1% of charities in the
1: UK. That's incredible. That's that's an amazing growth in such a short space of time. It really does show that it was hugely needed.
2: We have, as my my colleague teases me, because i say, we have a heart for the homeless. But what that really means is that we come alongside people that you see on the street and that you would classically call homeless. We have uh, young parents leaving the care system. We have two dedicated homes to um, young parents with babies. So you'd never think that a baby might be on the street and know the council will ensure that they're not. But in order for you to keep your baby, then you come to elaborate. So uh, we can have as many as nine uh, young ladies and dads with their newborns with us at any one time. Uh, We also have a lot of young people that have come out of situations around domestic violence. Uh, We have adults with addictions. We have dedicated homes for adults who are coming out of rehab. We don't want them to go onto the street and we need to try and look after them so they can move forward positively in their lives. We have our, our veteran work and we also have adults with learning difficulties that we want to work with them to enrich their lives. Is that the Boots on the Ground? The Boots on the Ground programme that you've talked about works with our veterans and our young people predominantly. And it's recognising that these two groups find it difficult sometimes to communicate. And we know there are things in their lives that have happened that have caused them to become homeless. And we need them to open up so that we can help them get the right connections, the right agencies that can move them forward. But often it's difficult if you've ever worked with a teenager, they don't want to talk. But we realise that if we take them into the middle of the woods, that sounds a bit scary, um, and they do bushcraft and they make a fire and they you know cook their own dinners over it or they go sailing or all manner of different activities, while they're doing something with their hands that's a bit out of the ordinary, their brains start to say, OK, we can trust this person, let's give it a go, let's talk about some of the issues that have caused them to become homeless with our veterans especially, you know, they've served, they've they've went into the armed forces, they were trained well, they've served, they've come out and now they need our help. And often it is a lack of dignity and pride stopping them from saying, you know what, I need some help. And we come alongside them, we can't fix them, but we journey with them to, to get them into a place so they can take up the opportunity of your employment, housing, develop those skills and confidences they need to move forward so there's lots that we do but the general public don't see that work with a person so they never go back onto the street
1: brilliant that's very informative um, and amazing work that you do so us as members of the public, how can we help? What can we do to help fundraise, get involved? What do you need from us? I need three things
2: from you. I need you to be able to look at somebody who is homeless and we've all been there that we've either felt judged or ignored and they absolutely feel either that they don't exist and you walk right past them or that you look at them and you make an assumption about what they've done in their lives. And We have people who have been Street homeless due to mental health breakdowns, relationships, things that are not within their control, and yet we all make these judgments against them. So the first request is, see somebody, smile at them, because you don't know if that smile and those few words that you might say might give them the the confidence to open up and and let us come up, get them off the street. It might be you just turn their day around. We had one person who we worked with who was street homeless and it took 18 years before he would say, you know what, I'm not getting any better, I really need to trust you. But it was because we were building relationship with him as he sat out on those streets and begged and slowly because we, we noticed and we talked to him, he's, he's come forward. So the first request is talk to people. We all do so much better. We're in a community that cares. Our second request is not many people know about us. So if you hear about something, even if you can't take part in the events that we do, then tell other people, because they might just be saying, actually, I'd really love to jump out of a perfectly good aeroplane and have the experience of my life. Um, and we do such a good range of different events and ways that people can get involved. We have got a skydive coming up to mark uh, DJ, because it's 80 years this time in June, and for some of the veterans out there, it may be their last D-Day that they will see. So we want to mark that and be respectful of all that was achieved and sacrificed at that time. And we recognize for some of our veterans, those battles are still continuing, and we need to be there for them today. So have a look at our website. There can be things from the quizzes that are coming up. We do them twice a year. They're highly competitive, I should warn you. Um, I'm particularly good at the chocolate round, but I think we're done on that one. We also have uh, companies that work alongside us. So if any of your listeners actually work for a company that says, let's do something for charity, I ask you to consider doing it for Elaborate. We love having teams involved, whether they're volunteering, whether they're putting on tutus and taking part in one of our fun runs. We just don't mind. But do something. It raises our profile, gets people talking about it. Um, and if actually none of that is for you, then consider sponsoring a room or leaving a gift in your will. Fundamentally, as a fundraiser and as part of the fundraising team, we are challenged to raise around £2 million every year the work that we do Uh, and it's so key that two million pounds is an eye-watering amount but what's so important to know is the difference that money will make Uh, did you know that if you have somebody that is on the street they're most likely not to see their 48th birthday whereas most of us will see our 83rd birthday Thank you.
1: So, if people did want to just directly donate, they can go to your website. Uh, Yeah, and I noticed at the bottom you you have um, whatever your donation amount is. It gives them an idea of what that would bring to the charity, how many meals, or whether it would be one room or a couple of nights. people will know what it is that they're actually giving and I think that's quite, quite nice to know where your money's going and what it's doing. I mean, I might just
0: be being stupid here, but I didn't realise Alabaray was like a nationally recognised charity. I just presumed they were a, a, a Salisbury charity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's because they're so well known in Salisbury and yeah. they were born from Salisbury. Which I think that's, I mean, that's awesome. The fact that it is just literally a Salisbury
0: charity that is now nationally known, is that's incredible.
1: It is incredible. I think it just shows what a community-based city we are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they, they do so much. We've seen, you know, if I think back, you know, I've seen loads of, of things that they do you know, to raise money, but also to to help you see it. But you just sometimes you don't really notice it, or or it, it doesn't, you know, make you think. But it should, and that's the I think that's the key, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things uh, I asked her was three things that we can do to help. So I thought in this little mid segment, I would look at um, three things that I've kind of taken from the interview so far. Uh, this is part one of two because we've had a natural split. Uh, and my three things would be uh, number one, you're not alone. I think that's quite important for people especially nowadays they can feel so alone even if they're a room of crowded people they're on facebook they've got hundreds of friends but they sometimes feel that they've got nowhere to go no one to speak to and i think this just proves that none of us are really alone there's always somebody there willing to help wanting to help so that takes me on to two and the fact that we can help yeah and we can give our time we can give our money or we can just give our love so this shows that one little act of kindness has grown to help thousands of people
0: i think that's that's a key one because maybe we just we don't we've lost that in society just the ability to try and and help as much as we can just little things can make somebody's day so much better than we'll ever know
1: absolutely absolutely um, just to smile like she said just smile at someone and it can really lift your spirits through the day um, smile and the world will smile with you Ooh. as they say so my third is uh, going back to basically Salisbury and how beautiful Salisbury is we're very cultured um, we're inspirational we're supportive and it's just such a great city to live in It is.
0: It is. It really is. And I think the cultural side is, like I said, is is fantastic. Um, But the community aspect, there's so much going on for everybody. And we try to really embrace as much as we can as a a community. And, yeah, yeah, the more that we can do, uh, the more that we can help.
1: Let's go back to Rebecca and find out what we can do. Um, You've obviously got a few events coming up, like you say. And I
2: think the first one that I was drawn to was the Big Sleep. So we have our Big Sleep at Salisbury Cathedral. It's an annual thing. It's been happening now for 16 years. And the cathedral are so wonderful to us. It's a beautiful location. I didn't realise that the clock goes every 15 minutes until I realised at 2.30 in the morning, that I'm still hearing it. The way that we set it up is we give everybody a a full kit list of what you need because you do need to come well prepared. We go down to minus four. I'm not expecting this year, I think it's going to be fine, but we have a, you know, we can do that. Last year, it went down to four degrees. It was still cold. And when we woke up, it was snowing. And that was remarkable such a beautiful building hopefully you will stay dry we've never had a problem around that and we're joined by a number of schools and those young people they tend to be ages 14 plus and they get an experience of what it is to be homeless it's a small taste let's not pretend it's the real thing but they can go away and say okay i'm really glad that's not my reality and yet we will have young people 16 upwards who that is, their reality. So it's a great way of helping a young person learn that their one act of compassion can make a difference to somebody in their peer group. So our youngest has to be 14, because we, for safety reasons, that's where we set it. Our eldest is a very fabulous 83. And he checks with me every year, am I still your eldest? And I'm like, yes, you are. He's done more than 10 sleep outs. And when we did, um, we had to shut down for one year during COVID as as you can imagine. And so we did the big sleep at home that year and he went out in his shed and he slept rough there. And it's just remarkable. It's so fabulous that we will have people of all different walks of life and all different uh, economic situations. Yes, the target is that you attempt to raise 100 pounds. If it's a young person, it's 50. The schools are great because they'll do bake sales and other things. And some people will do extraordinary amounts of fundraising. Ah, oh, there's not quite so. That's all good because you are doing more than raising funds. You are, I go back to the clients that we help and say, 230 people chose to give up their warm, comfy beds for one night in order to help more homeless people like yourself. And they're like, really, why would they do that? because that's the level of compassion and care that there is in Salisbury's community.
1: It is wonderful, it is beautiful to see. And I've always, always said that Salisbury is a special place and people do seem to really care about each other. There is a real sense of community that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring the community element to the podcast because it started off being just about the music scene but being able to find out about what everybody in is doing and get involved and help each other and extend that sort of family across the whole city it really is beautiful so uh, The Big Sleep what can people expect this year because you said that uh,
2: you have some music We do so We get people to these extraordinary venues and naturally at some point they're going to need to attempt to sleep. But you know, they're quite wise the idea that despite the many blankets and things that they bring, it's not going to be warm. So they tend to try and push it off to the last minute. And therefore, I have an opportunity to both educate them about what we do, but also we do some interaction and we have some entertainment. And every year we have a different band or group that joins us. Um, And this year, we're so pleased to know that Gareth James, the singer, is joining us with his son who's going to sleep rough with us too. So I'm so delighted. I've been listening to his music and it really resonates with the message that we are talking about, about connecting people. We don't want people to be lonely. We want people to feel they've got somebody to talk to because that can make such a difference between somebody's journey. I think when we do a lot of work with the schools, we talk about how people have difficulties in life, but if you have a support network around you, you're much more likely to survive those bumps in the road. And often the people we help have nobody to turn to. So having Gareth join us, and he's going to chat to me about what some of his songs mean and and singing is fabulous because it should be a really poignant moment in the event. And then we're being joined um, by request, which is utterly lovely. Last year, we had the Fijian Assemblies of God choir and they came. And we had about 120 young people with us, and they're very respectful that people come in and, and entertain us. And so they stood there for a bit, and the music was, you know, pretty lively. They started to dance, and then one school challenged the other school to a dance-off. So we started to see them go. And then the choir saw this going, and they went, no, 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 hold on a minute. Let us teach you how to dance to this music. So they led on how to do Fijian dancing with the Fijian music. And everybody had such a great time that the choir said, can we come back and do it again? Wonderful. Just such a great atmosphere. Fabulous.
1: Fabulous. And so we can sign up via your website we'd be
2: delighted to have some more people join us it is the 8th of march coming up it's always a friday i give you the weekend to recover and you can go home feeling i've made such a difference we look after you we give you this kit list i stay awake all night with one of my colleagues making sure everybody is fine and then in the morning we're delighted to say mcdonald's are coming with breakfast
0: somebody say mcdonald's yeah <laughs> sign me up <laughs> now the the big sleep i've got to say is uh a, a brilliant event and we, we've not done it and, and i do think we would quite like to but and i can't even say that we're you know knocking on because there's a gentleman who's been doing it for years he's now 83 so you know respect huge respect to him um but yeah, I do. You know, I do think we will probably do it. But respect to everybody that's that's doing it, they're going to raise a, an awful, um, or an awfully, not an awful amount, an awfully good amount of money, which would be fantastic for the charity because it's exactly what it's needed. And yeah, if you fancy sleeping out in the uh, in the cathedral, then you know, please check out the website. We'll have a link there, but also, you can also go to the elaborate website and uh, search for The Big Sleep.
1: Yeah, please do. Get behind it. I think it's going to be a fabulous evening. Um, Might end up being a little bit cold and uncomfortable, but it's all for a great cause.
0: Exactly. And it's, you know, it's cold and uncomfortable for people out there living that way. So if you can do one night and help raise money to help people, then that's something that needs to be done.
1: Yeah. So get up and do your bit. Get up
0: and do your bit. Or lie down
1: and do your bit. It's <laughs> as is. Do your bit in your sleep. There you go. That's amazing.
0: Um, so, moving on. We'll get to my uh, my musical guest in a moment. Yes. But I thought I would bring to the table, Ellen, literally a table, because we are around the table, our uh, um, kitchen table time machine. <laughs> My top ten list begin take a breath of of songs about being alone.
1: Okay. Cause you
0: know, makes sense.
1: It does, it so goes with the theme. Goes with the theme. You haven't gone on a complete tangent. Mm, I don't know. Some
0: of these people might kind of go, Oh, that's an interesting take. And others might just say that's got nothing to do with loneliness
1: okay so yeah, let's we'll let's go. listen and let's find out what we yeah. think
0: so at number 10 because i'm down with the kids all right driver's license by olivia rodrigo that's a great song it's a good song yeah i like that and, song you know hits the brief i think uh at number nine uh one for mr Gauman. uh loneliness of a long distance runner by iron maiden at number eight Uh, How Soon Is Now by The Smiths. Now, there'll be a few people that love The Smiths and I'm sure they'll get that. Uh, So there you go. Uh, At number seven, Lonely Boy by The Black Keys, which is a great song. You're staring at me like you're not 100% sure, but it's a great song, trust me.
1: Okay, I will listen to that later.
0: Okay, here's one that you'll probably know then. At number six, Eleanor Rigby by The Beatles All the lonely people
1: Oh uh, yeah.
0: yeah I won't continue singing You'll have to come to a gig for that I'm afraid <laughs> uh, and number five um, A Solitary Man by Johnny Cash Okay Number four Only the Lonely by Roy Orbison Number three This is well, it's it interesting Boulevard of Broken Dreams Oh, Green, by Green Day. Day thought that would pique your interest so, Yeah. you were very quiet through all the others but I knew I one I was one. listening
1: intently I've oh, just taken a I, know, taking I, it I heard in, one
0: but... that would make you go oh, hang on a second somebody <laughs> said Green Day ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho yes that's Ellen's big thing she was bopping up and down like an absolute loon to three mo at the weekend Well done, lads. Great set. Ellen, very much enjoyed it. I
1: very much enjoyed it. Thank you, guys.
0: Three Uh, more. Three more. Thank you for the badges as well. Uh, At number two, Alone by Heart. What a tune. That takes me back to my late 80s
1: hair rock days when I had hair. I will find pictures for you people. Nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And at uh, number one, all By Myself
1: by like uh, Eric Carman. Brilliant song. Just takes me to Bridget Jones's diary. Which apparently,
0: and I'm going to say this now, going to out him completely, Brian Mundy from BSM Stage Tech has never seen.
1: Okay. So, you know. It's a bit of a chick flick though. It is. I can't slate him for
0: it. I think he needs to sit down and, and watch it. I'm sure he'll love it.
1: I'm sure no, he's gonna appreciate it. you calling him out. Okay, so moving swiftly on again from your amazing list I oh, actually quick question. Why that order? Just because they're your favourite songs or they mean that much to you?
0: No. I just went they were the first ten songs I felt thought of and then I ordered them in to an order. <laughs> deep. That's deep, really yeah. deep. deep. No, I think it works. I think I think it I think it kinda works. but who knows let us know let us know your favourite songs about being lonely or songs about being happy let's boost this a little bit Yeah. let us know your favourite songs about being happy because that's cool and I like that speaking of happy my next guest wonderful fella yep very much enjoyed chatting to
1: him very much enjoyed listening to you chat
0: yeah he was a good man in his name is Gareth James, and here he is now. Um, so Gareth, thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, so are you based in Salisbury now?
3: I am, yeah. So, um, me and the, the family moved down here about 18 months ago. Um, yeah, we're, we're loving it, and uh, yeah, got to to Know the sort of local music people, which are generally our sort of people. That was what it was like in Basingstoke before that, and uh,
0: yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, you'd see originally from the Basingstoke area. What's the what's sounds weird because it's only literally down the road, in fairness, but what's what's the music scene like there?
3: Uh, it's the see that's got a bit sort of quieter, and I, I guess, um, so I, I met my partner through uh, the music scene, um, in Basingstoke as well, and so a lot of our friends. Uh, you yeah, were from that same thing, primarily like the DIY sort of punk scene, uh, very much. So, um, but it, it appears that as we've sort of grown older, um, there isn't anything sort of sort of coming up behind, if you see what I mean. So, they had some really really good. Well, they had one particular very good music venue in in the town, and as soon as that was, you know, that sort of closed down because it was being run by people from the, the music scene. Um, yeah, the, not a lot going on. So um, and then COVID hit, and that sort of took out any um, sort of venues, and, and promoters found it very, very difficult to, you know, uh, to, I guess, you know, bother with, with trying to get people out, and you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to try and get people to come out when people have then been told to stay at home for so long.
0: So, how have you found the the, the scene be seen so far?
3: Yeah, really good. I um I was aware of uh, Rob Blake from the Winchester Gates. Uh, so he he was in like a, a a ska punk band, very sort of same sort of time as when my my punk band sort of started, which is yeah what I started doing back in the nineties, I guess. Um, so I was aware of him, and, and then when I found out that he ran the Winchester Gate, and we came to look for a house in Salisbury that was four doors down. From the Winchester Gate, we were like, well, OK, well, that's a plus that's a plus point as well. So um, I, I did a couple of sort of support slots there. And from that, you know, met people from the crowd who were like, oh, you know, that, that was great when you come along to this or come and do an open mic night just to come and meet people. Um, and then there's the Georgian Dragon lot. So to so met those little guys you who know, do a great sort of open mic on a Sunday. Uh, it's a good way to meet, meet uh, local people. Right?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's full of full of not only for sort of fantastic talent, but uh, the ability to to connect as well. That everyone's open for, you know, giving feedback or just helping or or collaboration. It's a, it's a wonderful environment for a music scene. And there are there are lots of venues as well which, that are trying to push that.
3: Yeah, and that's what we found. And uh, we met a couple of, you know, sort of close friends now from the Salisbury music scene who are in the same sort of situation as us. We've got like a, a three-year-old, um, so getting to know other musicy people that also have babies and, and small sort of kids have been really helpful because, you know, they know what we want to do, um, you know, babysit for each other, help each other out. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just a, it is a nice community. Um, and, in fact, you know, sort of focusing on, on music this year, I'm not really looking to, to go sort of too far and uh, and beyond for for music this year. Um, usually, I, you know, I play all over, you know, I Spending a lot of time playing in London, and I just don't have the urge to do that right now. Um,
0: so, you're a singer-songwriter. You alluded there to uh, the DIY punk world. That's where your roots are from. And uh, you mentioned about uh, a band you're in. So, I know a couple of bands that you're in. Um, second In Line. And um, one of my favourite band names of all time, I've got to say this, um, Plus 10 Damage. Tell, just sort of tell me about the background there and and those bands
3: yeah so uh second in line was um a band that me and one of my best friends started um when i came back from like traveling when i've been in my 20s so i was originally i grew up grew up in newbury um so went traveling spent all my money and then it was like right mum i need somewhere to live <laughs> and then yeah and then sort of just catch up with my sort of mates and yeah we started a, a, a punk band and so I still remember sitting in his garden trying to work out what should we call ourselves and we were going through I don't know like Colonel Decker from the A-Team and then there was just all these other weird names sort of just coming out and actually naming a band is harder than writing songs quite often um, and then you just came oh, like second in line and we're like do you know what I've had enough of thinking about it that's fine let's do that um, but it, yeah we, we're coming up to like 21 years I think it is And we still play, we played in Salisbury actually it was our last gig um, at the the Georgian Dragon, um, and a, an old promoter from Basingstoke actually was putting on some. I think they were like Finnish, like some, some punk bands from Finland or maybe Holland, something like that. So they were playing this, said would you like to come and you know play? So yes, yeah, so we have got second in line over in Salisbury, but we do maybe three or four gigs a year at the moment. But we were doing at one point close to hundred sort of gigs a year, and it was a lot of fun. Plus ten damage was a completely different killer fish, so I um I moved to Maidenhead at one point, and so I was living there for I worked for three, and um uh, that was where their head office was, and uh, and then sort of caught up with some mates. So the, the good thing about DIY punk is you've got pockets of DIY punks all over the country, and you just automatically just fit in. So you have these sort of friends and you come and play in each other's towns and you're just mates, basically. So a lot of our mates from the Slough days when Second Line would go and I were going playing play in Slough, I was sort of hanging out with them a bit more often and uh, myself and Dan, who started Plus 10 Damage, were very much into Weezer as well as all the sort of hardcore sort of punk stuff. So that's was just more fun in, you know, songwriting, really. Not just the sort of playing as fast and heavy and, you know, aggressive and... Yeah, all of that sort of stuff in, in the punk stuff. This was more about how do you actually structure songs? How do you write them? What sort of melodies? Yeah, if there's gaps there, how do you fill them? Or do you need to fill them? Or, you know, and, and it was like get the feel from the crowd as you start playing them, and then we would, yeah go back and record them. So, yeah, very, very proud of, of both bands.
0: So from them, from them as in the bands, um, you've moved into, into solo, solo work. So how was the transition? How did you find that?
3: So... <clears throat> I don't know, like, initially when I first started doing it, I, was, I thought, you know, this is really scary, uh, putting putting yourself out there. Um, but it's something I really, really wanted to do. Uh, and you know, I guess, you know, when you first sort of nail it, you, you know, play a few songs and it you know, went, well, you kind of think, oh, okay, this is good, I can, I can do this. But what you realise is it's it's a real journey, like, uh, being a solo artist. Because it's, it's not just, you know, getting the songs right. Or, you know, people enjoying the songs. You've you've got a lot of, like, dead hair to fill. You know, in between every... song, It's only you. Uh, Any mistakes, there's no one covering them up. Uh, You know, if you don't say anything, then, you know, is it boring, the crowd? You know, and and then you start worrying about things. So it's a a real, real journey. And I started off doing a couple of covers and maybe three or four of my own songs. Um, And then I've gone through all the, the songs that I've written over... Of the years so I've probably been doing it like five, maybe five plus years. The solo stuff now, um, I'm primarily focusing on that. And uh, like I say, I've probably got a completely different set from what I started with. Um, I've changed the songs based on different reactions. Um, I still play some DIY punk gigs, but then a lot of it isn't. It's like just some people would call it pho- if you're if you're you know a guy playing the acoustic guitar and you've got beard. You're singing, but you're gonna get called folk. Doesn't matter what you do. So is it like folk punk? Like not really. It's <laughs> I'm just written, written some songs. Some of them have got a bit more of a a kick to them. Uh, some of them are ballads. One of them's um, another lullaby to uh, to my daughter. There's another song that I, I wrote um, dealing with the grief of my father dying. So it's um it's a real real mix. And putting a set together, you 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 know you almost have to like read the room and think right what sort of emotions do I want to convey what do I want to get out of it um how do I slow myself down so I'm not just rushing through the song so so much and um yeah I, I'm still learning a lot about being a solo performer I think you constantly do
0: so we listened to um to your album on bandcamp today um writer's rain, and it's it's great to hear that you hear you say about the 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 differences in songs and styles and and it's about where you are when you write them you're not you don't set out to write 12 acoustic punk songs you you write what's what's in your heart or in your head at that time and how they come out they come out Uh, because an acoustic punk song as a lullaby for your child probably doesn't work as well as okay. I'm going to write an acoustic lullaby for my child that might have tinges of it, but this is where I am at this moment in time. We loved it. Um, Luna's song was really cool. Um, Twinkle Twinkle Little Moon has, again, so those ones were really different compared to some of the other ones that you had on there. Um, Weaker Than I thought was that was excellent. Um, the one song that that caught our, our attention and probably brought you onto the podcast because of where we were going with the theme of the podcast um, was Walk Alone. Can you, can you talk to us about Walk Alone? Because that's the song that we'd like to play at the end of the podcast. So can you give us a little indication of, of, of what that's about?
3: I was speaking to Rebecca today from Elaborate, and she had said the same, like, you know, it sort of really caught her and... Um, and she was able to tell me exactly, you know, what I was thinking when I was writing it. She's like, you know, I, I, I could feel, you know, the, the, the sort of the connection that you made to, you know, people feeling a bit lost and, you know, feeling at the you know, you know not at the end of the tether, but just like the, there's a real connection to, to what they do for, for, you know, for a charity. Um, and that's what it is. It's a song basically about um, having You know, reaching out to people. If people are reaching out to you, you know, they're not doing it for you know to to annoy you. They're doing it maybe because they just need to, you know, need like a friendly voice, or just want someone to talk to. And the idea of that song is to sort of highlight that and to to remind people, particularly like over the sort of COVID times and things like that. You know, uh, it's always good to just reach out to your friends or, or family or you know whoever. Just check everyone is okay. Do I just need some of your time? That's all, you know, that's all sometimes, that's what people want. And almost just to think of, have you missed some of those signs that that someone sort of said? Yeah, if they sent you a message and they like, hey, you've got five minutes, you're like, no, I'm not, I'm too busy, I've got this going on, I've got this going on. Okay, not a problem. You know, maybe it, it was a problem or maybe they really did want you to talk to them, but maybe don't dismiss it. You're back later, you know, when you're not so busy and go, do you know what? Like, I'm sorry, I wasn't available, but hey, yeah, I've got five minutes for you. Of course I do. So... Yeah,
0: obviously, we've spoke to um, Rebecca as well. Um, and she's absolutely over the moon that you're going to be going to Salisbury Cathedral for their big sleep night and actually performing a couple of songs as well.
3: That's right, yeah. So I'm um, going to do uh, maybe two, three songs, but definitely going to do Walk Alone, just you know, um, a song that, that makes a lot of sense to, to play there. I, I shall explain to the to people doing the big stuff. I think it's like 250, 260 people that are gonna be there. You know, yeah, you know, this is what the song's about. Have you know, just have a have a think. You know, just think while you're listening to it, while well, you know, while you're in you know, hopefully enjoying the music. Um this is why we're here to raise awareness. Um so yeah, so you know, that when um me and my son are also some of my son's fourteen. Um he was very, very keen. He's like, Oh come on, ask him if we can sleep over as well. I was like well, that wasn't what I was thinking, you know, the, the sleeping in the cold until whatever. But of course, you know, like, you know, the, don't do one part of it and don't do the rest, you know what I mean? So we're going to sign up and, and do the big sleep as well. And what I'm really quite excited about, they got a, a Fijian, like, choir that apparently played last year. Um, very, very excited to to sort of see and hear them and meet them. And, you know, it sounds like a, re- you yeah, know, obviously it sounds like a, a great experience, but
0: there's
3: a reason for it, right?
0: Of course, you know. I mean, the, the the reason everybody is there and doing it is 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 beyond you know comprehension. In that respect, it's and it's something they should all be exceptionally proud of doing. Um, but yeah, from the from just from the perspective of being able to do that, you get, it's, Salisbury Cathedral is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to sort of be able to spend the evening and the night there is is something stunning. Um, and fair play, fair play to your son for kind of going. Come on, let's let's do that. If you're gonna go there and play guitar, let's let's stick around and, and stick it out for the whole night. So that's really, really cool.
3: Yeah. Well there's a lot of schools that I think are involved. But he so he moved over um last year to to join us in Salisbury and he goes to the Trafalgar School in Downton, but they're not one of the schools that's quite engaged yet. So hopefully through Jack we can, you know, get some further engagement through through there as well, and uh, you can tell them a newbie, newbie still to, uh, to Salisbury, because when I was speaking to Rebecca, and she was like, oh, we're we playing at the Cloisters, and I was kind of like, well, can you tell me whereabouts that, you know, in the Cloisters, and I'm like, well, I think what we've you know, understood here is I don't know what Cloisters are uh, <laughs> so then when she explained that, oh, this is where it is, and, oh, I know the bit you mean now, All right, that's Cloisters, got it, right
0: <laughs> So I know you said earlier you're not sort of looking at doing like too much in the music scene as far as going out and about is concerned, but trying to maybe just resonate within the Salisbury music scene. Have you got anything else lined up this year so far, or anything at all?
3: Um, the Winchester Gate uh, with one of my all-time favourite like UK punk bands, which is a band called Snuff. Uh, and they had an acoustic set, um, so that all sort of been planned for a while. So, you know, Rob did say, look, you know, there's a support all there for you if you want. I know you love them. So <laughs> I, I did that. Um, but no, generally, not, well, I haven't planned too much. So I, I will no doubt um, do some more gigs. There's um, potentially uh, one with a guy called Frankie Stubbs, who was in a, a, a punk band called Leatherface from, you know, uh, sort of back when... Yeah, i guess i was starting out uh so very very influential um band from sunderland um so it should be doing something along those lines um i played recently another another um band which was a you know a highlight from my job it was the band called china drum like they, yeah, they played reading festival in like the 90s uh, and they were huge when they came out i still listened to one of and I, I played with them in london recently so that sort of stuff i've sort of ticked a few bits off and now I'm like okay the album that you listened to on Bandcamp was sort of kind of unfinished. A dear friend of mine called Tim Holhouse uh, recorded it for me, but we never really pressed it any further. Um, there was issues with uh, the, one of the songs you mentioned, Weaker Than, where uh, like, there's a sample. And even though it was um, in like public domain, there's some licensing issues there, so I didn't do that. And then a load of other stuff happened. And then I thought, you know what? I don't even play half these songs anymore. So I never finished and properly released it. So that's why I just put it on Bandcamp and people can download it not sort of edited together as an album as such um so i'm going to do some recording get some a lot of the new songs recorded done focus on that and then yeah do a few gigs here and there and you know if if there's any support slots coming up or i may look at a venue to start putting on an acoustic night and bring some of my friends from you know from around the the punk scene over to salisbury and get them in and uh, you know hopefully you know you know uh, introduce them to to the wonderful people and the music scene that we've got. It's brilliant.
0: That's brilliant. I mean, you, you've literally just answered my next question, really, which is new music. So uh, that's wonderful to know that you've that you've got that on your on your um radar? on your radar. That's the one radar, uh, which is fantastic.
3: That's good. And like, written quite a lot recently. So I, I think it's just been. Been focusing on like just family like I said my son moved over, moved into new school Um you know, my, my partner she went back to, to work, my, my daughter's now in nursery so yeah, any sort of like night out which I would have maybe done like a, a gig would be a night out for me like you know, I'd, I'd like to sort of spend a bit more with them so what I have done is spend a bit more time at home playing the guitar and I've probably written 20 songs, Um I, I like Whenever uh, there isn't a, a support slot or Rob is looking for someone to sort of fill in, I'll say, of course, like I'm four doors down, I can't, I can't charge you petrol money, Rob. Like, it's, I've never had that many gigs that are 30 seconds walk from my house, so it's great. Um, yeah, try new stuff there, um, and so we're really happy. It's just then. It's a nice position to be in, to go, do you know I'm only going to pick like 10, 12 songs. And then my son's like, no, don't do that. You just do one song. That's how it works now. Won't well, the old man, like release an album. No one cares about that. It's like release one song and do a video. like, so, okay, well, work with me and
1: show me what to do. So that was the wonderful Gareth James, uh, the guy who arguably brought this whole podcast together for us with the theme. And you can check out his music via our website or you can uh, download his tunes on Spotify. If you want to see him live, obviously sign up for The Big Sleep and he'll be performing there. And we will leave you now with his song, Walk Alone.
4: collide Can't be at my own, 'cause I can too much. Oh well, never mind Catch you next time Next time or oh, when And I'll